I welcome you to Bible study. The series titled Now Concerning Spiritual Gifts, Part 2. Last week was an introduction. Tonight I will build up a little more on the introduction. And then next Thursday we'll press further into the gifts. This is one subject that every serious Christian should be interested in. Every serious believer. I would expect that more people would attend Bible study tonight. And of course, throughout the series, physically, and those who cannot come physically would join online because these are the things that help you to grow in Christ-likeness. And these are the things that God desires that we desire. I'm careful to say that. These are the things, when you talk about the gift of the Spirit, you are talking about the things that God desires that we desire. You see, when your desire becomes, or when God's desire becomes your desire, you will always have your desires granted. Let me say that again. When God's desire becomes your desire, then you will always have your desires granted. When what God desires for you is what, what, is what you desire for yourself, there will be no hindrance. In John chapter 15, let me go there very quickly. John chapter 15, and then I'll go to Philippians 2. And John 15 and verse 5, and then I'll take it to verse 7. John chapter 15, Jesus speaking there. And verse 5 said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Verse 6, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Verse 7, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. There is a realm of answered prayers. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide, if you will make room for my words to abide in you, then and only then you will ask whatever you will. There is a realm of whatever you will. But that whatever you will is coming from his will. Because his word is his will. So he says, if my words abide, if you abide in me, and then you allow my will, my word, which is my will, to abide in you, then you will ask whatever you will. Because whatever you are asking will be coming from the abundance of the words in your heart. The abundance of his own words in your heart. So you, you will not ask amiss. It's like saying to my son, son, come over here. And I say to him, now, this afternoon, I want you to ask me to buy you hamburger. Hamburger from Chicken Republic. And he says, okay, dad, that's fine. And then he goes to school in the morning and then comes back in the afternoon. And says, hello, dad. And Hey, son, how are you? How are you, daughter? What do you want? Dad, I want you to buy me hamburger from Chicken Republic. Now, I told him in the morning, that's my will. I don't care how much it is going to cost me, but that is my, I want to do that for you. And that is what I want you to ask me. Guess what? I will do it. Because the desire came from me. 
When we spend time in communion with God, you will begin to see into God's desires. You will begin to see into his will. And when you see into his will and you ask him his will, he will do it. There will be no hindrance. God does not turn his back on his will. Pastor Fred, are you so confident? Because according to 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, he says that this is the confidence. He didn't say this is the probability. He said this is the confidence that we have in him. That whatsoever we ask, according to his will. Permit me to say, according to his desire. Whatsoever we desire and we ask him, according to his own desire, he said he will do it for us. He heareth us. And when he hears, he does. Verse 15 says, and if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, then we know that we have, we have the petitions that we desire of him. Many people pray, but God doesn't hear. God is not deaf, but he cannot hear you when you're not praying his will. He sees your mouth moving, empty, empty noise. He can't hear what you're saying. God is attuned, the spirit of God is attuned to the will of God. When your desire is outside his will, it doesn't matter how many years you're desiring, it will not come to pass. At least God will not grant it. Maybe Satan can. And when we stay away and stray away from the word of God, which is the will of God, Satan will accommodate us. That's why today many people are explaining away the things they themselves used to stand against. Every time you stray from the word of God, Satan will accommodate you. And so when you have that desire granted, you say, oh, God granted it. No, God doesn't contradict his word. So if your desire comes from him, from what he desires, you will always have it. That's why Philippians 2.13 says, it is God that worketh in us both to will and to do of his own pleasure. It is God that worketh in us both to desire, to will, to desire, and then to do of his own pleasure. That's why I carefully put that scripture in our daily confession. The Holy Spirit is working in me every day, helping me to do that which pleases God. And my life will always, always honor the Lord. I deliberately put it there because I wanted to say it every day. We're not asking for cars and houses. We're asking to please God. And when we please him, he will not displease us. The miracles and breakthroughs we are looking for will become a norm. Norm. God will ensure you are taken care of. It's not a bad father. So let's stop chasing stuff. Let's chase Jesus. Are you with me tonight? So this kind of teaching is a teaching that the entire auditorium should be jam-packed to hear. That's why many remain spiritual babes because they don't know these things. If you ask them, okay, do you know about the gift of the Spirit? Gift of the Spirit? Uh, gift. Uh, when the Holy Ghost comes, that's a gift. Oh yeah, that's a gift. That's the ultimate gift. But then, what about the gifts that he brings? You have no idea, no clue. If you don't have an idea, then how can you take advantage of it? When God gave us Jesus... He gave Jesus as a gift to the world, to the entire world. Christian, Muslim, Habalist. In fact, there were no Christians before Jesus came anyway. So he gave him as a gift to the world. 
That's why John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. But when he gave the Holy Ghost, he didn't give him to the world. He gave the Holy Ghost to the church. So there must be something the church has that the world does not have. That was why when he came on the day when Pentecost was fully come, Acts chapter 2, it, it wasn't everybody on the street that was speaking in tongues. It was the 120 that were gathered together waiting for him to come. That came and he came to them. So the Holy Ghost is God's gift to the church. Jesus is God's gift to the world. The Holy Spirit is God's gift to the church, specifically to the church. So when God gave Jesus, he gave his best. That was his best that they could give. But when he gave the Holy Ghost, he gave his all. Nothing more. Nothing less. Glory be to God. So every serious-minded Christian should begin to dig deep into this subject. Who is this Holy Spirit? How can I relate to him properly? How can I cooperate with him? Let me say this ahead of myself. It is going to be your job to find out what God wants to do or what God is doing in your life and cooperate with him. It is in your best interest to find out now in the days of your youth what God is trying to do with your life and cooperate with him. I will take that from the words of Paul, the, the agent to Timothy, his beloved protege in the ministry. Let's go quickly. It's not my text, but I'll go everywhere. But I hope you have been blessed tonight. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. And look at verses 14 and 15. Paul said to Timothy, Neglect not the gift that is in thee. I want to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. That's our title. Now, concerning spiritual gifts. Now, Paul was saying to Timothy, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Verse 15. Don't neglect it, but then meditate. Meletao upon these things. Give yourself wholly to them, completely to them, so that your profiting may appear to all. Meditate on the gifts that is in you. Meditate on the gift that came by prophecy. Give yourself wholly to them. Morning, afternoon, evening, night. Morning, afternoon, evening, night. Morning, afternoon, evening, night. In the lecture theater, in the gym, in, the, in, in your place of work, in the school, wherever you find yourself, meditate. Give yourself wholly. See, when you give yourself wholly to these things, you will not be able to give yourself wholly to what the devil is telling you. You will not be able to give yourself wholly to your distractions. When you allow the Holy Ghost to occupy your heart, to invade your heart, it becomes rather impossible for you to dwell in the flesh. You, this is when you begin to discover that certain things don't interest you anymore. Certain gists that your friends will bring will not interest you anymore. Say, I'm not interested. <laughs> but when you hear about word of wisdom, word of knowledge, diverse kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, the gift of prophecy, the gifts of healings, 
He said, come on, come on, come on. Tell me more. I want to know more. Okay, so how can we differentiate between the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge? Those things will begin to excite you because you are looking forward to manifesting those things in your life. You are looking forward to the Holy Ghost walking through you to be a blessing to someone else. How sweet will it be if somebody died in your neighborhood and they said, that little girl, that sister, who is always speaking to my brother, please come and help us. <laughs> Nobody around, only you. And you enter in the name of Jesus and you, you place your hands on that person. And the gift of the working of miracles goes into operation through your hand and they sneeze back to life. How sweet would that be? Oh, that's too much. What about a child just having convulsion and the child is about to, to break the spoon that has been used to breach the, the teeth and you lay your hands and say, you foul spirit in the name of Jesus, leave this child and let her leave. Get out now. And that spirit hears you and gets out. How sweet would that be? How about a friend of yours is confused? They don't know what to do. They have no clue. If it's not raining, it's showering. If it's not showering, it's drizzling. It is one problem to the, to the other. One crisis upon another. Back to back. Family crisis. Their life doesn't make any sense at all. There's a cloud of problems over them. And they come to you and you pray with them and you pray and you pray and you pray in the Holy Ghost. And you pray and you enter a dimension. And all of a sudden, like a well of water, it springs out of your mouth. There is a solution. While you're praying in the Holy Ghost, God just gives you that word of wisdom for them. Telling them exactly what to do, where the solution lies. Ha! And they run with that. And in one hour, they call you on the phone and say, you can't believe it. My goodness, everything. The, the cloud is over. The storm is over. It's a new day. With what you told me. No, the Holy Ghost did. How sweet would that be? The manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit are meant for the profiting of the kingdom. He said for every man to profit with that, but it's not just for personal profit. It's for the profiting of the kingdom. How much can your life amount to if your life is not affecting your fellow brethren, let alone affecting the world? If you're a source of gossip, how much can your life amount to? I hope that at the end of this series, everyone will be helped in this church. So that we can put priority where priority belongs. Some of these, hey, look at me. She not greet me. Step on my toe. I will not be hearing those things. I don't want to ever hear them. I want to, pastor, guess what? There is fire on our campus. And the Holy Ghost used one of our sisters to set that fire ablaze. And everybody is speaking in tongues that glory to God. Blind eyes open. What? Those are the kind of news which you'll be hearing among Christians. But we are too sold out to carnality and to self. We don't even care what God thinks. That's why church today, many, many places have been reduced to just a social gathering where people meet for business ideas. The church of God is a living organism. It is living, it is breathing, it is alive and well. And there should be manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit in a place called the Church of God. Otherwise, it's a clubhouse in disguise. The Church of God. Paul, the apostle, charged the church. He told them, I'll go there, which is my text, 1 Corinthians 12, to desire these gifts, to covet these gifts. Covet them. 
Not that one person covets all, but as a church, we should covet all. We want to see the manifestation of these gifts in our church. What again did he say to Timothy? Go to 2 Timothy. We read 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now go to 2 Timothy chapter. Chapter, chapter, chapter. Chapter, chapter, chapter. Chapter, chapter, chapter. He, he repeated the same thing. All right. Uh, chapter 3. Uh, oh, no, that's not what I'm looking for. Chapter 3, verse 14 says, But continue thou, that sounds like it, in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. Knowing, no, 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 no. That's not. No, yeah, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Um, he told him to stir up, I think it's chapter 2 now, to stir up the gifts. The gifts. The gifts. If you're smarter than me, you can me get it out. The gift. He told him to stir up the gift. The gift. The gift that is in him. We must get this up. Nobody's in media. Oh, my. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We read First uh, Timothy chapter 4. And verses 15 and 16, yeah, then there's another one in 2 Timothy, very close to that. Thank you, 1-6, one, 1-6, six, one, six, I got it now, marked here. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance. I put you in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee, by the putting on of my hands. He said it earlier, don't forget them, give yourself wholly to them. Don't have a free time. Let your free time be occupied with the thoughts of the spiritual gifts. Now here, he said, don't leave it redundant. Stir it up. It's in you. Stir it up. The day the Holy Ghost came into you, it didn't come empty-handed. Can I have an amen? It didn't come empty-handed. But it is to the degree of your yieldedness that will determine the degree of your usefulness. Your yieldedness. How you are yielded to the Holy Spirit. That's how far, that's what will determine how far he will use you. That's why I said and I'm saying again, find out what God is doing in your life and cooperate with him. Find out how God wants to use you and cooperate with him. In that direction, you will be in the center of the will of God. And the center of his will is where you are provided for. The center of his will is where you are protected. The center of his will is where you are shielded from the attacks of those who hate you. They may hate you. It's their cup of coffee. You become like corn inside a bottle of glass to a chicken. What can a chicken do to the corn in a glass bottle? You just look and look and look and walk away. Because you're in the center of the will of God. Find out what God wants to do in your life. So go now to my text, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to be in verses 1 to 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I've charged you a little bit. Go and charge your other ministry members. Tell them to be here. You have no business. Some people are just idling, just, you know, wasting time now, out there. You need to be here. You need to hear these things. 
This series I'm, I'm teaching now has even blessed me myself, encouraged me. <laughs> this is what God desires for us to have as a church. And don't forget, when our desire becomes his desire, when his desire becomes our desire, we will always have our desires. If God already desires something for you, and then you begin to desire it, you will have it. And that's how the Holy Spirit works. When you pray, pray, pray in the Holy Ghost, and you fellowship with him and you listen, it will begin to put some desires in your heart. Certain things you think you are the one desiring. No, it's coming from him. And when you put it in prayer, he will do it. Because it's coming from him. It originates from him. Can I have an amen to that? That's why Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four, 24, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. But let your desire come from his words. Don't just read Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Read John 15, 7 also. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, because that is what will inform your desire. That is what will inform what you desire. You can't desire sin and expect God to grant it. Isn't it amazing? How people want to desire just anything and they want the approval of God on it. You will never have God's seal of approval on sin. He already dealt with it. To hell with sin forever. First <laughs> Corinthians 12, verses 1 to 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I will not have you ignorant. Ye know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. I love Apostle Paul. He called those things dumb idols. The Corinthian church, a lot of the brethren there used to worship idols before they came to Christ. So Paul was reminding them. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts because it is possible to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. In the body of Christ today, there's a, there's a high level of ignorance also in spiritual gifts. Many churches don't talk about these things. They don't teach them. They teach you 10 steps on business breakthrough, which you can learn in Harvard Business School or Lagos Business School or even Ibado Business School. We don't need to dedicate our time to that in the church. There are many things to learn. Paul said by the Holy Ghost, Brethren, I know you are coming from idol worship. He said, but I will not have you ignorant of spiritual gifts. There are gifts of the Spirit. Gifts that the Holy Ghost wants to bestow upon you. And unless you know, unless you are aware that he wants to give you this gift, you will never be able to ask him because you don't even know they exist. Because you don't even know. Ignorance is a major problem in the body today. Many are going around looking for deliverance. Their major problem is not, the, is not the devil. The devil has been defeated many, many years ago and that remains so in the name of Jesus. But their problem is their ignorance. They don't know. They don't know they have been delivered. That's why I read Colossians 1, 13, 14 on Sunday. Christ has delivered us from the power of darkness. God has, or God has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of the dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood even forgiveness of sins. But many don't know they are delivered. They are like a grasshopper that has been put in a jar. And the jar has been covered with the lid. So the grasshopper tried to fly out several times. But every attempt met with futility. Because he was hitting his head against the lid. So he was coming down. Hitting his head against the lid and coming back. So after a while, he stops trying. Because in his mind, it assumes that the lid is still there. It has not been taken away. So you can open the lid. And walk away for one hour. By the time you come back, the grasshopper is still inside. 
Even though the leader has been taken away. You know why? Ignorance. The grasshopper assumes that the lead is still there, but the lead has been taken away. Jesus said, you have been delivered, but you are still looking for deliverance. Ignorance is a major problem with our Christianity. People are used to miracles, breakthroughs, breakouts, breakdowns. Not many know about spiritual gifts. Verse 3. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God, these words are very powerful and deep. No man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. Verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is calling the gift now manifestation of the Spirit. He's not using the word gift in this verse. He's using manifestation of the Spirit. Is given to every man. That's like a gift. That's the gift. The manifestation of the Spirit. The gift. Is given to every man to profit without. For to one is given by the Spirit. He now began to list them. The gifts. Number one. There are nine of them. Number one, the word of wisdom. Number two, to another, the word of knowledge. Number three, by the same spirit. Number three, to another faith. That's the gift of faith. By the same spirit. Number four, to another, the gift of healing. Actually, it is the gifts of healings. Both of them pluralized. By the same spirit. Next one, to another, the working of miracles. Next, to another, prophecy. Next, to another, the sending of spirit. Next, to another, diverse kinds of tongues. Next, to another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these work at the one and the self same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Amen. Now, the Bible teaches us to desire spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 14.1 1 Corinthians 14.1 I'm helping you tonight to see what to desire. Now, desiring an Escalade or desiring Mercedes-Benz GLK the Bible says desire spiritual gifts. It says follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. But rather that you may prophesy. So note, the Bible wants us to be desirous of spiritual gifts. And number two, the Bible wants us to covet earnestly the best gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 31. To covet earnestly. Not once in a while. Earnestly. The best gifts. He said, but covet earnestly the best gift, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Now, if you have been around for some time, you know what the best gift is. When, the, when Paul the Apostle by the Holy Ghost said, the best gift, what is the best gift? Is it the gift of healing? The gifts of healings? Or the gift of prophecy? Or the gift of special faith? Or the word of knowledge? Or word of wisdom? Or... Uh, Interpretation of tongues or diverse kind of tongues. Which one do you think is the best gift? Yes? Caleb. The one needed at the moment. The best gift is the gift you need right now. That's the best gift. Alright? So Paul said by the Holy Ghost, desire it. In fact, he used the word covet here. Covet is almost like 
It's almost like a negative word. It's almost like ojukokoro in Yoruba language. When you convert what someone else has, you don't have it. You're not, ah, man. I don't know. I think among some ladies, some ladies convert the shape of another lady. Or maybe the handbag or the shoes. Ah, man, I can't sleep. Yeah, I, must, I must get that kind of shoe. For men, it's cars. Men are crazy about cars. Even in the church, people engage in unhealthy competition. See, they just bought Camry. That family just bought Camry 2015. I will buy Camry 20, 2016. My own must be, must be the latest. Uh, those are not the kind of things to covet. He said, covet earnestly the best gift. What is the best gift? The one you need right now. So if somebody's dying, you need the gifts of healings in operation. Covet it. Covet it. Holy Ghost, here I am. Use this vessel. Covet it earnestly. Don't covet someone else's wife. And ladies, don't covet someone else's husband. Before we begin to delve into the gift one after the other, you must be interested in the way to the gift, the door to the gifts. There is a door to open to get into these gifts. It is called speaking with tongues. Can I hear you say speaking with other tongues? Come on, say it out loud. Speaking with other tongues is the door to the supernatural. When I was teaching, the, uh, preaching the series, praying in, the power of praying in the Spirit in January, I mentioned it. The Holy Ghost gave it to me, that phrase, the door to the supernatural. I now began to study a particular book that I bought years ago. I just read half of it and dropped it. I went back to pick it up. The Work of the Spirit, The Work of Power by Dave Robertson. I looked at the back of the book and on the back, the man wrote the door to another world. I said, my God. You see, what, what got my attention was the fact that the, the word door that he used, actually. When you open the door, it leads you somewhere. Every door leads somewhere, whether in or out. Right? We are in this building now. God forbid, if it catches fire, we need to get out. Right? We'll get out through the door. When you open the door, you go to another realm. If it's raining out there and you need safety, you have to open the door and come in here. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, when you speak in tongues, you are opening a door to the supernatural. You are opening a door to another world. That's why I encourage you guys that when you pray in the Spirit, get your mind to be alert. Get your mind to be here. Don't get your mind to be in London when you're praying in Nigeria. Don't let your mind be somewhere else. Call your mind back. If you want to go, call it back. Drag it back. The psalmist said in Psalm 16 and verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand. I will not be moved. Now you need to set him before you and believe the Lord Jesus is here and I want to talk to the Lord Jesus. Now mine shouldn't be at home. On the beans, the red beans I cooked in the morning, which I have not eaten. I will fry dodo when I get home. Forget that friv all the frivolities. That is the way to tap into the realm of the spirit. Undivided attention is the key. Now, when 
Paul the apostle said to desire spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 14.1 and to covet earnestly the best gifts in 1 Corinthians 12.31. He wrote those letters to people who were already speaking in tongues. He didn't write them to those who were not speaking in tongues. So they were not written to unbelievers. They were written to believers. In fact, there seemed to be an abundance of speaking in tongues in the Corinthian church. It was like every service like this. Every time they went to church, all of them wanted to speak in tongues at the same time. You know, all at once. But you know, that wasn't really a defined the church. It wasn't building them up. So Paul told them, only two or three should speak in public. And then another should interpret. But if an interpreter wasn't present, they should keep silent in the church. You find this in 1 Corinthians 14, verses 27 and 28. Now, what did he mean? Was he asking them not to speak in tongues? No. In the church at that time, they were becoming unruly. The preacher would be preaching like this. And somebody would start speaking in tongues. Out loud, over there. Someone else speaks it. What's going on here? They had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And what they received was good. It wasn't bad. But there needed to be order in the church. Orderliness. So I said, look, if you want to speak, don't speak at once. Just two or three. And there should be an interpretation. Otherwise, it will not edify the church. Even the preacher. You can imagine the preacher now. Preaching in tongues for one hour. Oh, now, let me tell you, if I do that for one hour, I'll be edified. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. But are you edified? No. Am I being a blessing to you? No. So Paul said, I would rather speak five words or ten in my understanding so I can be a blessing to the church than speak one hour, a thousand words in tongues. When you speak in tongues, it's a connection between you and your father. Communication between you and your father. It is not for public consumption. You see, even in our time, people can be so rascally. In certain churches, they say the pastors try to communicate in tongues. What's that nonsense? Are you trying to, to try, are you trying to be over spiritual or to prove to everybody that you see, there are certain things we don't joke with. Paul rebuked them sharply for it. He said, don't do that. So some people thought maybe Paul was saying they should not speak in tongues in church. No. If it's the time of worship, we all can worship God in the spirit. Everybody's worshiping God on their own. Am I right about that? When it's time for prayer, everybody's praying to God on their own. Am I right about that? But now, all of that is over. It is time for the preaching of the word. And somebody's still there. And somebody's there. What's the problem? Is that when you get to go and sort that out. So look at that in 1 Corinthians 14, 27 and 28. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let him be by two or at the most by three. And that by cost, that's one after the other. 
and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. So you don't bring confusion. If you look at verse 40, which is the last verse of that chapter, it said, let all things be done decently and in order. It, somewhere sandwiched in between. It told the women to keep quiet. And some churches built a doctrine around that, that a woman should not speak in church. A woman should not preach in church. So a woman preacher is a sinner. No. What he was saying was that as the services were going on, some women would be asking their husband question. And you know, the women would sit on one side, the men on the other side. And then maybe the pastor made the point. The wife would get up and say, Honey, is that true what the pastor said? <laughs> oh, did you hear what he said? Jimmy, I told you last night. So there was confusion. You know, these guys were idol worshippers. They were just coming into Christianity. So they were still bringing their old lifestyle into Christianity. Paul said, no, 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 no. Woman, be quiet in the church. When you have a question, ask your husband at home. After service, when you get to say, hey, honey, did you hear what the what pastor said? Hey, I heard though. Okay, so then they can reason together. Not in the church. Can you imagine as I'm teaching tonight, my wife walks from the back and she walks here to give me a kiss and to say, eh, so honey, what are we going to eat tonight? Oh, honey, are you sure that thing that you said, you two, do you normally practice it at home? That thing that you said now. <laughs> Would that not be confusion in the church? That would be confusion. So even if she wants to say, ah, do you normally do it at home? That will be on our, that won't even be on our way home. That's when we get to our bedroom. The children are in their own rooms now in our own bedroom. But if she begins to say that in the car, now that, that will not be good enough. Let alone saying it in the church. Are you getting some understanding tonight? So when you go back and read the entire chapter, you'll find it very interesting. First Corinthians 12, 13, 14 find them very, very interesting. All right, so let me move on very quickly because I want to stop at a point tonight before we go. Now, let me ask you, so the gift of tongues, speaking in tongues that they received, was it a good thing or a bad thing? Come on, I can hear you. It was a good thing. So, speaking in tongues is good, but orderliness was what he was emphasizing on. Now, as we pray earnestly in the spirit, speaking in other tongues, we go through the door of the baptism of the Holy Spirit to receive the glorious spiritual gift God has promised those who believe in his word. Let me repeat that. As we speak in other tongues, right, we go through the door of that baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know it's a door. We go through that door to receive the glorious spiritual gifts that God has promised those who believe in his word. If you look at Acts chapter 10 verse 46, it underscores the fact that many times when we are praying in the spirit, we are actually magnifying God. So Peter was sent to the house of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. And in verse 44, verse 44, it says, While Peter yet this, speak these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that had the word. Not all that were in the house, but all that heard. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. So those who heard what he was saying... Don't confuse it with everyone in the house. Everybody can be in the church, but not everybody is blessed in the church. But if everybody makes their heart open, everybody can be blessed. Amen? Now, verse 45, quickly. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. They were surprised. Those that went with Peter. Ah, 
as many as came with Peter. You know why? Because that on the Gentiles also was, the, was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. They thought they were the only ones entitled to the Holy Ghost. How come these unbelievers are not speaking in tongues? Some of them with earrings, the guys with earrings in their ear, with tattoo all over their body. And how come these Gentiles? But faith had come. Faith came with the words that Peter spoke. And the Holy Ghost worked with that. Now, verse 46. For they had them speak with tongues and magnify God. Most times when we speak in tongues, we are magnifying God. Speaking in tongues is not your weapon against the enemy. For warfare. That woman is a witch. No frakata yaraba. Yaga, yaga, yaga. You know, that's an abuse. When you are speaking in tongues, most times, more often than not, you are magnifying God. The same thing happened on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. People came from different countries and they had them in their dialect magnifying God. And when you magnify God to an extent, guess what? You begin to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. Because God is glorified. God is pleased. It is the secret of secular musicians. When they praise people, praise them, praise them, praise them. Fine, 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 fine. You will know that rabbi. Ah, Bobo say, man. You now do like crab like this. You now bring out words from his pocket. Fear, fear. Watch out my coin on here. The guy will just be singing, singing his praise. And just, when he finishes that one, bring out another one. He will point on him. Brrr. In some cases, they can bring out a bell and, and slap the musician. Bah! Ah! <laughs> I heard of a king that a praise singer sang for. The king was so, he, he got up from his throne, so excited, he went into his inner court came out and gave that guy expensive clothes and poured them on him. The guy didn't stop. And you know, those were the guy's panegyrics. That was his oriki. The king went inside, brought that money, poured the money on the guy. Vra! Ah! The man didn't stop. Whatever. Whatever. He sang the man's praise. The man went inside. Brought out gold. He had he had some gold in his house and some jewelry. Brother, and poured it on the guy. The guy didn't stop. The guy continued singing his praise. Ah! He went inside this time. He brought out a gun. He just, he just shot the guy. Ah! Ah! He sang his praise to that point. His head turned to Gary Jebu. When people who can sing your praise, when they praise you well, 
one big politician in Nigeria, when he was in Abuja, big office, the people from his town in Ijebu, they went to visit him because they wanted the demand, they were making a demand for Ijebu land. They said they began to sing his local praise at a point. Big man! Just started crying. His head was swelling and swelling. He just started crying. He just... What? <laughs> they don't have to do that in my hometown. In my hometown? You want to know my holiki? I've just told you two of them. You know. Can you now imagine when we praise God? When we magnify Him? Lord, you are the best. No one like you. You are the alpha. You are the omega. You are the beginning. You are the end. In fact, you are the middle. You are right in the middle. You are the bright and morning star. You are my all in all. The very air I breathe comes from you. You are my source. And look, when, when you mean what you say, God sees your heart. And you go from the understanding. Because there is not, you don't have words to speak anymore in the understanding. Then you go into the realm of the spirit. And God is glorified. That's why when you tarry long like that in praying in the spirit, the next thing you know, you don't want to stop praying. You force yourself to stop. You open your Bible. Revelation knowledge comes. Grrr, the same scripture you've been reading for weeks that you didn't understand what it meant. It will just be opening. Bah, bah, eh, eh, ah. You have entered the dimension. You have magnified God. Some people magnify their problems. You choose to magnify God. Who doesn't have challenges? We all do. Look away from that. Magnify God. Some magnify people. Look away from men. Magnify God. Some magnify their situation. Look away from that. Magnify God. Magnify God. Your problem will become, it will diminish in the presence of the almighty God. But when you continue to magnify your problem, this pain in my body, this lack in my account, this dryness of the economy, this worry economy, this uh, forget about that. God is your source. Psalm 36 verse 9 says, For with you is the fountain of life, and in your life shall we see light. Can I have an amen to that? God is your source. So be a doer of the world. I leave you with that tonight. Be a doer of the world. James 1.22. Be a doer and not a hearer. Don't be a hearer only. Be a doer. Be a doer. What do I mean by being a doer? Speak in tongues. You have heard from the word. You have read from the word what tongues can do. So do it. Do it. Don't do shake, shake, five minutes. Abrokotoske, abrokotoske, ebrokoto, ebrokoto, eskelebe, eskelebe. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You have not even started knocking the door. I can almost give you the interpretation of your tongue. Eskelebe, eskelebe, or lenemi, or lenemi. Some tongues are very close to interpretation. You hear some tongues and they spur you on to pray. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? There's one video I normally post once in a while. I posted it 
recently. Somebody says it's very scary. I say yes, because when we are praying the Holy Ghost, we become scary to the devil. He doesn't know what we're talking about. For one, the devil doesn't know what you're saying. He tries to stop you, but doesn't know how. Reboski, reboski. Reboski, reboski. Reboski, reboski. Yeah, Facebook. Reboski, reboski. Elegedes, querido. I'm sorry, Lord. Eskedebalalabahash. Alesh. Alesh. Alesh Loe. Alesh. Are you serious? God is looking at you and saying, Are you serious? Shame me not, Ambassador Ben. Am I the one you're talking to? And the guys put their hands in their pocket. Oskolomonosus, Elebabese, Ed. Askerebo. Legagagayaga. Eh. You want to compare yourself with someone who gives God undivided attention and is right there, who prays like their life depends on it. <laughs> when you pray like there's no plan B, you pray like there's no tomorrow, today, today, and you are magnifying God. It's not that you are placing bills before him, Lord. And you see how serious we are many, many, many times. We are praying for Nigeria. Someone say, why should we pray for Nigeria? We have a problem. We are praying for Nigeria. I know the prayer. Everybody's praying. I'm not praying. But when the leader of the prayer now says, now let's begin to pray for ourselves. Let's put our personality before God. Ah! Hey, Yaga! Asa! 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 Hallelujah. When you engage, like I always say to you guys, when you engage in the spirit, speaking with other tongues, with undivided attention, according to Psalm 16 verse 8, you will tap into deeper spiritual dimensions. You will tap into the gifts of the spirit. Let me rush this now. The gift of the spirit always proclaim Jesus as Lord. First Corinthians that we were reading earlier, that we were reading earlier, which is our text, verse 3. Let me have that quickly on the screen. I want to stop. Verse 3, 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 3. Let me show you what happened in the Corinthian church. I've said actually some of them. You know, because we're coming from idol worship, Paul said, wherefore I give unto you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. What does this mean? It, because they were coming from idol worship, they had spoken so many words in error in their idol worship. They brought that tradition into the church when they became born again. They joined the Christian assembly and a service could be going on and somebody would stand up and even call Jesus accursed by a wrong spirit. The gift of inspiration, utterance, and all of that could be in operation. No? The Holy Ghost was moving the church, oh, but somebody would just stand up and curse Jesus. Or say, hey, 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 no, 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 no. No, no. Nobody speaking by the Spirit of God will ever curse Jesus. Rather, you will magnify Jesus. They will say things under the influence of the wrong spirits. Arise in the midst of the service. Because they were inspired and there was utterance. And they will say nonsense. Till today, there are people who say nonsense. Somebody once told me, this Jesus, Jesus, Jesus that you are calling, this Jesus, Jesus, Jesus that you are calling, he was a herbalist. 
I don't know how he got my number. And he was trying to scam me. He said, was it not envy they used to kill him? He said it's in Yoruba language. I said, look, my own Jesus is alive. <laughs> my own Jesus is alive. King Jesus is alive and well. He's not dead. Nobody that has the Holy Ghost will say Jesus is dead. He's alive and well. He's not in the hospital right now. And if you are in the hospital right now and you open up your heart to him, he will come and heal you. Can I have an amen to that? Whenever you are in trouble and you call him, he will come. Peter was in trouble. Matthew 14, he was sinking. Master, help me. He walked to him and helped him up. If you are in trouble, when you are in trouble and you call on the master, he will come and help you. That is my Jesus. So nobody who has the spirit of God will call Jesus accursed. And nobody can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Ghost. Because it is the ministry of the Holy Spirit to magnify Jesus. Paul said that when the Holy Spirit is in operation, he will proclaim Jesus Lord. If it's an utterance gift, then of course the Holy Spirit will say that Jesus is Lord. Or if it's any of the gifts, they will always uplift the lordship of Jesus, not the lordship of some man. They will not attract attention to man, but rather to Christ. This is the bane of Nigerian Christianity. Nigerian Christianity exalts man, man above Christ. There are some pastors, there are some church leaders who are more popular in their ministries than Jesus. In fact, you will never hear Jesus in their church. Or you don't know Jesus. Or their members don't know Jesus. Their members only know their pastor. They know Papa. They know Reverend. They know Pastor. They know Doctor. Ah, Papa said, Doctor said, Bishop said, Pastor said, Reverend said. Have you heard what Rev said? Ah! Oh. <laughs> Have you heard what the Holy Ghost said? Look, listen, listen. I know I'm a pastor too. The best of us men at his best is still a man. No man is the Holy Spirit. Did you hear me? No matter how anointed or gifted a man is, in fact, he's a man. At his very best, he's still a man. Let Jesus be magnified. That's why I said to the choir, sing songs that magnify Jesus. Thank God you are getting it right now. That's what the senior pastor told me. Let's, in our assemblies, let's sing songs that magnify Jesus. Not magnify problem or magnify what he has done. Magnify him. Him. And if I be lifted up on high, I will draw men to myself. Jesus said. The Holy Ghost always points attention to Christ. The anointed one and his anointing, not to any man. How much we love recognition. As pastors, one of the errors we fall into is like we like that the testimonies of our members will not be complete without us. That is, when you are sharing testimony, at some point, it will be because of what pastor said. Thank God for what pastor said, which is coming from the Holy Spirit. Or uh, because Papa prayed for me. He laid hands on me like this. Boom. He can lay hands on you. If the anointing does not flow, it's, a, it's an empty hand. And I said last week, don't ever try to use the gift without the Spirit. Some people, because they, they have, they, they, maybe they flowed once in the gift of word of wisdom. They now say, okay, that's my gift. That's my own gift. So everywhere they go, they try to use the word of wisdom. Without the influence of the Holy Ghost, the one behind the gift, they always cause confusion, cause heartbreak. They can break somebody's marriage. 
Because you give them a word that did not come from the Holy Ghost, but from your flesh. You engineered it. And God will never bring himself under obligation to bring your words to pass. God only brings his own word to pass. Did you hear what I said? That's why people say, in three days' time, there's somebody in this meeting. In three days' time, they're bringing a jeep. They are bringing a jeep to you. 300 days have passed. Keke, they have not brought. Apostle, why? And in Nigeria today, where everybody is an apostle. Small, small boys, though, they are apostles already. Do they even know the signs that go with the office of an apostle? Or you just desire the title apostle? <laughs> Have you read Paul the apostle? What, do you realize that even they didn't call him apostle Paul? We call him apostle Paul. He was Paul the apostle. Paul, by virtue of the anointing, and the office that he occupied. But if a Nigerian is an apostle, and you call him pastor, you say, no, 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 no. Excuse me. Point of correction. Apostle. And some are senior apostle. Some are most reverend apostle. Some are most distinguished apostle. Most holy Apostle. Stand on your feet, everybody. I have to stop. I'm not done telling you all I wanted to say for tonight. I thought I'll be able to. Next week, I will start with the categorization of the gifts, and then I will go into the teaching of the gifts. Categorization, actually, there are three. Let me just mention while you are standing. The gifts, you see, there are nine, so they are divided into three, three, three. One of them, the first one, is the gifts that say something. Second category, the gifts that do something. And third category, the gifts that reveal something. Next week, I'll tell you again so that you can write them down. In the first category, the gift that says something, we have the gift of utterance. We call them the gift of utterance, actually, because they say something. So they are prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. The second one, the gifts, the three gifts that do something, they are called the gift of power. One, is the gift of faith, two, the gift of working of miracles, and three, the gift of healings. And then the third one, the gift that reveals something, those are the gift of revelation, and they are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. I would take my time to go through this next week and to let you know that they were arranged by the Holy Ghost according to their order of importance. So you note that, and then we move on to uh, the gift of the word of knowledge. That would be the first that I'm going to teach look at it in the Old Testament and in the New, and then we look at in our lives. You see, one of the things that the Holy Ghost will be doing is that as this teaching is going on, some of you might discover that at some point or the other, ah, I flew in this thing before and I didn't know. Now, you need to begin to know. Amen? So that you can align yourself more with the Holy Spirit and allow him use you to be a blessing. It's important that we are blessings. Hey, Joe, if you are not a blessing, you will become a lesson. I don't want to be a lesson in anybody's life. <laughs> what a lesson, bitter lesson I've learned. <laughs> I want to be a blessing. You like to be a blessing? You like to be a blessing? Now, do you like to be a blessing to someone else? Invite someone to Bible study next Thursday. Don't come alone. Invite your friends abroad. Send them the link. Tell them to join. They can join online and learn these things and we all become better wherever we are. 
and God's name is glorified. Father, we thank you tonight for the word. We honor you. We are so grateful for this teaching that you have brought at such a time as this in our lives. I believe this is to help us from where we are to where we are supposed to be. And so, Lord, it is not the hearer only that is blessed, but the doer. We receive the grace to do what we hear. We receive the grace to align ourselves with your spirit. We receive the grace to find out what you are doing with our lives and to cooperate with you so that ultimately our life will bring you pleasure, bring you glory, and bring profit into your kingdom in the name of Jesus. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' name. If you will tonight, this is not by force, but if you will, say this after me. Just say what I want to say. Very short. Now, let me say what I want to say. You hear it first, then you decide whether you want to say it or not. Lord, take my life and do whatever you want with it. Whatever you will with it. So if you want to say it after me, say after me. Say, Lord, take my life and do whatever you will with it. Amen. 